0: Hey everybody, welcome to the TM Marie Arnold Podcast. We are gonna continue our study in the book of Ephesians, taken from my Bible class that I teach on Friday nights. It's gonna be a good one. Alright, let's jump in. I said we are in Ephesians in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Okay. And you have, and you have he quickeneth, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in the past ye walked according to the course of this world now let's stop here so we just went over ephesians 1 and we are talking about how we are adopted in christ and that we are adopted to god and that god has given us good pleasure um and i hope that you guys can hear me i'm, I'm assuming that i can be heard i don't see a chat up or anything and i don't see thing in the chat so i guess i'll just keep going um And so now we're looking at what Christ has done. He hath quickened us. We were dead in trespasses and sins, whereas in the past. So it's not where we are now, but it's where we were. And we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I read this and it makes me think about the children of Israel. I'm not sure if you guys have did an intense study on Deuteronomy, but it reminds me so much of them because what what he is saying and what we are going to continue to see is that when we were in our dead state, when we were in our, our sin, Christ pulled us out of it. Yet, like the children of Israel, we had our own way of doing things we were in culture culture was important we were as we're going to continue to read in the lust of the flesh we had the desires of our flesh we had desires of our mind and i'm going to go ahead and read that among verse 3 among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others so looking at the children of israel these were these were god's people that he had delivered out of egypt they were on their way to the promised land right and they started complaining they started murmuring they even said that we want to go back to slavery so they were dead. They were, they were a walking dead. They did not understand that the God Almighty had delivered them from their past into their future. Not only that, but I love where it says, and, and, they, and, and we walked according to the course of this world. That reminds me as I look at the children of Israel that they wanted to have a king because that was the way of the world that was the course of the world they had god god was enough god was the one leading them and and taking them through the wilderness even in the wilderness god still gave them provision there were times that they had to fight there were times they just had to walk in and provisions were given to them that wasn't enough moses they told moses we want a king we want a king we want a man so they had the course of the world and they were disobedient. So you think about when Moses went up and, and was um, on the Mount, spending time with God with the 10 commandments, what were they down there doing? They were partying. They were worshiping idols. They were disobedient. After the Lord done took you out of Egypt, crossed you over, uh, over the sea, parted the sea for you, and yet it's still not enough. But this is a representation of, Of of us Because we do those same things I remember reading Deuteronomy And and God was really frustrated with them Because he's like after all I've done for you And I'm paraphrasing But after all that I've done for you You still don't believe And so for us We were dead in our trespasses and sins We were uh, Following the course way of the world We were being disobedient And when you're disobedient It says that you are children of the prince of power of the air. You are children of Satan. So we were we were in that, and then it says we had then we had conversations in time past. Lust of our flesh. I think we all know that we did we've done that. Fulfill the desires of our flesh and of our minds. Now that stuck out to me because I put our natural mind has desires, but it's not for us to fulfill them. That's what separates us from the children of disobedience to the children of obedience, because we are going to still have thoughts, but we don't follow the desires of our mind. We follow the word of God, okay? And so in verse 4, but God, right? But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sin Hath quickened us together with Christ I love that So even though we've done all those things God is rich in mercy This is so important And he loves us I know we hear it But when we are in the midst of things Sometimes we forget that God's mercy And his love is available to us And so we start to doubt And we compromise, and we complain, and we forget that it's available, that it's here. But it says, and he hath quickened us, he has revived us together with Christ. So we are with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Okay, I'm going to go back to that in a minute, I'm going to keep reading. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what can we take from this confidence if we know that we are saved if we know that we have been quickened together with Christ we have been raised up to Christ and we're seated in heavenly places with Christ there should be a confidence that no one can steal that no situation can make you get off of the word of God. You stand on this word and you don't be moved and you don't be shaken. But I love what it says that grace by grace, ye are saved. I'm gonna keep going, we're gonna go back to that. Verse seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the, or shoe, that word means show, the exceeding grace, the, I mean, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus, I want you to underline, square up, circle his kindness. I put that as a key. Because as I was as I was studying this, and there's so many things, I'm I'm not even reading half of the stuff that I that I put here, but as I was studying this, his kindness spoke out to me. Because I think a lot of times we forget that our God is kind. We look at the God of the Old Testament and forget the God of the New Covenant. He's kind. So he's not looking down on us, waiting for us to make a mistake. He's not looking down on us, trying to punish us. He's not trying to find difficult things to teach us. That is bad theology. He is kind. He is loving. He wants to give good things towards us. And it says that in the ages to come. So in the future, after Christ has done what he's done, in the future, from here on, he wants to show the exceeding riches of his grace. He wants to show it towards us, not just toward the children of Israel. We have now been grafted in. So this is why, because I I wasn't planning on going to Ephesians 2, but the Holy Spirit told me, stay here because we just talked about how we are adopted and it's not like we're we're not stepchildren. This ain't Cinderella. You know, we ain't getting locked up in in the closet upstairs and sitting around waiting to clean up and talking to the mice and singing and not being able to be involved in the family things. No, we are a part of the family. We are grafted in. We are chosen by him and he wants to show us The riches of his grace. But yet we walk around like Cinderella. We walk around like I don't, I I can't be involved, or God, you know, scared of God and not sure if God wants to show us mercy and not sure if God wants to show us kindness. Right here, it's his kindness. He has mercy, he has given us grace, and he has given us kindness. So if you ever hear anybody talk about God like He's still angry at you. That he is looking down on you, waiting for you to mess up. That he's using circumstances to teach you something. That goes against what we're reading. God is kind. He is loving. He is merciful. And he is full of grace. Now that is important. Because then when you see things, when you're in situations, we tend to think, oh, this is God. This is God. Don't blame everything on God. God is kind. So if there's something happening in your life that's not kind, something that's happening in your life that's not good, don't blame it on God. Sometimes it's us. I know that's a little tight, okay, but sometimes it's us. Sometimes, okay, most of the time it's us, okay, because the reality is, now it could be the working of the enemy, but who gives him access? We do, because he can't touch us lies offense bitterness and what do we do we lean into it why because it's our natural state I don't think none of us just naturally want to be well I don't know I I don't know everybody maybe everybody maybe there are some people who want to be bitter and offensive offended or whatever but for the most part we lean into it why because we're fulfilling the desires of the flesh and now we have given the enemy access to our life He can't—he cannot give access To your life unless you give it to him So it's not God punishing you And requiring you to do this And do that The word says that in the ages to come So we're in those ages Right now He wants to show the exceeding riches Riches of his grace And his kindness Okay So be aware of that So next time when we are in situations that seem tough and you know are very challenging, I know that all things are working together. We went over that a few weeks ago. All things are working together for my good. I have to remember that. Now I have to remember that my God is kind and he is loving, he is great. This is not ordained by him. I need to find where am I giving the enemy access? And am I giving him access in my thoughts yes because that's where it begins he suggests in your thoughts and once you realize that and you ask and you thank the Holy Spirit because you already got the Holy Spirit you thank the Holy Spirit for revealing truth to you you can shut the enemy down rebuke him and you'll see God's grace showing up in your life you'll see his will manifest which is good we talked about that the last time he has good works for us okay all right, now here we go. This is where I I'm, I'm might park for the rest of the evening. Verse eight: For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, I have to stop. First of all, what does that mean? For for by grace are ye saved through faith. So a lot of us have heard grace. And when we read this, we're like, oh, yes, by the grace of God, I am saved. I have eternal life, you know, and I have forgiveness of sins. But I looked in my dictionary that I have right here. This is the keyword study Bible. It's in the Greek and Hebrew. If you look up that word saved, it means, and this is so good. This is so good. It means sozo. What does that mean? Sozo sozo means and i have it here healed preserved saved doing well being made whole safe safe from danger loss destruction restored to health to recover to be healed oh my gosh okay so for by grace, I am healed, preserved, I can do well, I am made whole, I uh, am safe from danger, disease, loss, destruction, I am restored to health, I am recovered, I am healed. I already said healed, but I'm going to say it again. All of that by grace. But this is the thing. We are not just saved by grace alone. We are saved by grace through Faith. So I have to have faith in the grace that Christ has made available to me. I wish I had the scripture, but it says that Jesus Christ came and brought grace and truth. He is grace and truth. So I have to have faith in the grace that is available to me. And then I will receive the sozo. I will receive the wholeness. I will receive the healing. So now, well, I think for all of us, we have received the 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 healing. We have received the what is it? The um, safety, the restoration, the recovery. We we've, we've received all of it in Christ. But you can't receive it unless you have faith. See, we have enough faith to believe that we have been, you know forgiving of sins, going to have an eternal life, and it stops right there. But this says, for by grace, so it has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with my performance. It has nothing to do with how well I live. This grace, this salvation, this sozo was made available to me before I even know who Jesus was has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God's love. It has everything to do with his kindness. It has everything to do with his mercy. So the grace is available. And there's a scripture that says that this grace is made available to everyone. Everyone. But how come everyone doesn't receive it? Because they forget the second part. You have to receive it through faith. I have to have faith in the finished works of the cross to receive everything that's available so yes i have faith that my sins are forgiven i have faith that i'm going to live in eternity why stop there i need to have faith that i am healed i need to have faith that i am protected i need to have faith that i am made whole i need to have faith that i will do well this salvation this sozo cancels out failure there is no failure in christ because this says that I will do well. So I need to have faith that I will do well. There is no sickness in Christ. This salvation says that I am healed. So no longer do I have to deal with sickness. These are the things that we, we tend to miss and we stop. And, and I'm going to keep going. Because it says, for by grace you are saved through faith and, not, and that not of yourself. So we we just talked about that. It is the gift of God. So God is presenting all of this through Christ to us, and why aren't we taking hold of it? Why aren't we believing for it? All we need is faith. He's not looking for us to to preach well, teach well, sing well. He ain't looking for us to do. He's not looking for us to do any of that. All he wants us to do is believe. And I love the fact that this. When I was, I, I had a feeling. I was like, born by grace. Are you saved through faith? And I said, let me find out. There's more to this saved than than what I've heard in the past. And when I saw that it meant all those things that it meant to be preserved, to do well, to be made whole, to be restored, to help, to recover, all of that to be safe from, and from danger and loss and destruction. So if we are seeing loss, and destruction if we are seeing sickness if we are seeing uh things falling apart in our finances and all that that should be a bell not condemnation okay but that should be an alert ding ding ding, ding, ding. i am not fully taking possession everything that's made available to me that should be an alert and it doesn't mean that you don't have faith because i believe And according to what I've been studying with uh, the disciples, when they said when the, the father who had the son with seizures was saying to Jesus, I believe Lord help my unbelief. That's proof right there that you can have faith and unbelief at the same time. And so I think that we struggle with not necessarily with the faith because the Bible says the faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain Well, that ain't nothing. That's about this daggone small. So we don't need a whole bunch of faith. based on our problem. It's unbelief That's our problem and unbelief comes with culture unbelief comes with what you watch and what you see and what you've experienced and rightfully so I mean, we're human. If we see, you know, the disciples, they were seeing this man have seizures. They they were trying to cast it out, and and in the name of Jesus, I mean, they don't heal. God told them to go out and heal the sick and teach uh, teach the good news, and they were doing it. But they get to this man, this boy. He was a boy, and he's and and they're saying in the name of Jesus, be healed. And what happens? He goes into convulsions and he falls on the floor, and then they're like. What happened? So naturally, if you see that, your natural self, your human, your humanity is going to be like, I, I don't understand. That's natural unbelief. Some unbelief comes from toxic teaching. You know, you heard so long that God judges you off of your performance. And that's all you know. And that's all you've heard. So there's a lot of detox that we have to do. But, It's available. It's a gift, and the only thing that's stopping us. I I can say I I love my son is sitting here watching. He's really thank you for listening, Joe. I'm so proud of you. I'm sorry, I just looked up and you were gazed in. So again, it's I don't think it has anything to do with our faith because we have faith. The Bible says that we have all been given a measure of faith, and so if the Bible says that Jesus says that you only need the faith the size of a mustard seed, faith is not our issue. It's our unbelief. It's our unbelief. And that comes, that's why we need to guard our hearts. And we have to be careful what we're watching. You know, what is it? The lust of the flesh, the... the Lust of the eye. Lust of the eye, the pride of life. Those are the three ways that unbelief comes in so quick. So be careful what you watch. Be careful what you hear. Be careful the desires. You know, we said before, we fulfill... Back then, we were fulfilling the desires of our flesh and the desires of our mind. Our mind is going because the enemy is constantly trying to talk, so our mind is going to be filled with things. What is he after? He's after our faith. He's after our faith because he knows that if we grab a hold of all these gifts, these spiritual blessings that God has made available to us, oh my goodness, the kingdom of God will advance uh, violently, he knows that because people will be running to 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 understand who is this Jesus and and how are you healed and how I just saw you last week in a wheelchair and you're walking how is that and and you had a mental disability and now you're free how is that the enemy don't want us to walk in none of that but that is what Christ died for us to have to have those same powers the same power sound crazy and I know that maybe my teaching is something that people don't say no more well I don't care because it's the truth that's what Christ died for us to have and so the enemy knows that if I can just get them to not believe they'll never grab hold of it if someone has an estate for you A beautiful estate. I mean, it is gorgeous, and it is well-kept, and it is 20 acres of land. And they're not right. They're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to not reveal to you what's yours. You know, they're going to try to keep it from you. Because why? If you grab hold of it, now you have possession of it. You can use it. You can grow it. You can do more with it. So I put here, God doesn't want us to work for this grace and we don't even have to fully understand it because the reality is you can't fully understand this love. I mean, it is so big. You can't fully understand how Christ could die on the cross for people who put him on the cross. Like you, you can't understand that. But he just wants us to have faith in the grace and just receive it. And so where it says, and not for words least any man should boast. Why? Because, and this is where culture comes in, because it's a lot of times the enemy will, and I'm going to say it's him, the enemy will try to disguise something like it's God. He will try, I mean, come on, that's back in the garden of Eden, right? And so how does he do it today? He does it through man. So we see a man doing something, and we credit man, and we don't credit God, but The reality is this grace, this salvation that's made available to us, no man can boast. No man can give it to you. It is only not by your network, not by your net worth. It's only through faith, only through faith. So I guess, I don't know, um, with medicine, for instance, medicine, God has created doctors, medicine. I have nothing against medicine. I don't take medicine, but I have nothing against medicine. But if we're not careful, we lean more on the medicine and forget that the real healing is available. And again, I'm not saying in judgment, but I'm saying we, as believers, we need to be aware. If the Holy Spirit says, take the medicine, take the medicine, I mean, I've, that you gotta be obedient. But remember that healing, wholeness, restoration of health, is available, and so if we're not careful. The enemy will have us leaning more on the medicine and being content with the medicine and staying on the medicine for the rest of our entire life. Now that is not the will of God for his children, it's just not, not according to the word. I didn't make this up according to the word, according to the salvation that's available, for by grace you are saved. That word says that we are restored to health recovered and healed so people who are healed don't need medicine so that should be your goal wherever you are now be where you are now and follow the holy spirit and what he tells you to do but i am challenging you to keep that healing put it on your board on your mirror something it's your portion don't settle because now It's more you leaning on man's work and not on God's work. And he says, not not of works, least any man should boast. This healing, this true healing is only through faith. And uh, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, look at this, that we should walk in them. Okay, the word says it right here. God created these good works. Now, I have a list of these good works, okay? So, salvation, healing, deliverance, wisdom, a sound mind, mercy, joy, peace, love, favor, prosperity, health, divine health wealth increase provision knowledge restoration abundance and the good news and that i'm sure there's more than that look at that picture and all of this now let me say this as just a side note All of these things that God has made available to us, the salvation, the healing, the sound mind, the mercy, the love, the prosperity, the increase, the provisions, all of these things are not just for us to have. It's for us to give, to be a giver, for us to share, for us to tell. It's not for us to just hoard for ourselves. It's to build the kingdom and the best way to build the kingdom is to be a walking kingdom the scripture says the kingdom is in you so everywhere we go we should be carrying the kingdom with us this is the kingdom and it's not enough for us to just talk about it we have to live it we should be walking demonstrations according to this That we should walk in them. Walk in what? Walk in the good works. Walk in the gifts that God has made available to us because we are his workmanship. Sisters, we are his workmanship. Gentlemen that are in the room, we are his workmanship. And God, oh honey, he does a good thing well, okay? So if we are not walking in the wellness that he has created then we really need to look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves. Galatians talks about that. Evaluate ourselves and say, where am I allowing the enemy to come in? Where is my unbelief? Where is my faith? Where is my level of faith? Being honest. Being honest with it. And and cuz I mean to be honest with you, I was telling my husband this today. I had to I had a real Come to Jesus moment in the middle of me walking through whatever that thing was that tried to attack me and I I realized I was reading Deuteronomy one day and um, I was reading Deuteronomy 28, you know That's where the blessings are and the curses and I understand we are in the New Testament, but I love to read That's one of my favorite Old Testament uh, chapters is Deuteronomy and I'm reading the blessings and I read and I'm reading the curse and I'm about to be so transparent I was reading those curses and I saw like anxiety and, and not being able to sleep. And there were different things. And I was just like, wait a minute, because those are the things that I was getting attacked with, that I was walking through. And I'm like, something ain't right. Something's not right. I had to step back and go to God like, okay, I know I'm blessed. I know that I love Jesus and I, and I know that I believe in Jesus, but something's not right here. And it's not God's fault. I had to have that realization that I wasn't really walking in the authority that Christ had made available to me. If I don't walk in the authority, those things, whether you're a good person or a bad person, thats a, those are the ways of the world, okay? The ways of the, the curses of the world are going to come upon you because we were all born into sin. And we all know that everything from the dust is going to go back to the dust, so it's going to happen. How do you overcome that? The only way that you can overcome the natural is in the supernatural. The only way that you cannot deal with sickness and disease and all those things that that Adam brought into the earth is the second Adam, Christ, being in him. And not enough to just know him, but to have faith, in the grace that he has made available and walking in it and believing it. Because what happens after you do that? Now you can command the blessing. Now you can command the healing. Now you can command the joy to come. And it's not like you're commanding it out here, you're commanding it from in here because it's in you. You're commanding it to come forth and you're commanding your body to surrender to the supernatural that's the authority that he wants us to walk in that's how we become his workmanship because if we just as busted and disgusted as the world then what makes us stand out what makes us stand out there's nothing If if i'm if i'm suffering just like everybody else who don't know christ christ is supposed to be my victory christ is supposed to be the thing that puts me in right standing with Need to be walking in it, and that's why I love Ephesians 2 and 10 because it's so clear, God hath before ordained, meaning it's done that we should walk in them, but should that sounds to me like it's a choice, and you have to choose to believe that these are made available to you, all right. I hope this makes sense. but and, and I'm I, I'm not even going to continue on because I'm like, this is enough to just chew on right here. But I do want to say this. How do we do this? Because I don't want to just tell you, you know, this is what it's saying and it's not giving you on the how. And the Holy Spirit is literally just telling me right now, you got to tell them how you can't just stop. So I'm going to do that now. So how do we walk in this? Well, first, it starts with our mindset. We have to change the way We think about God, Jesus, and ourselves, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to change our mindset. So that's why I said at first, we talked about God. He is loving. He is kind. He wants to give you all of these things. That's what he wants. He wants you whole. He wants you well. That's where you got to start. If you haven't gotten that, you're not going to get very far. You have to know that. That's why a lot of ministries, they they really, well, I don't know about a lot of ministries, but a lot of ministries that Jeff and I have been a part of, they really hone in on God's love. Why is that so important? Because that's the foundation. Everything flows from love. Our faith flows from love. Our healing flows from love. Our salvation flows from love. If you don't understand the love of God and the character of your God, now let me not mistaken here he still is a God of wrath but it's not on those who are in Christ okay a penalty still has to be paid and it will at the end of days but those that are in Christ we are no longer children of wrath we are children of love we are adopted into his household and if you continue to read Ephesians 2 it it says that in verse uh, 19 there, now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So that's important. So that's your first step, changing the way God thinks about you. I tell y'all, when when I had first got out of college, I was living by myself in Georgia. If I got a flat tire, I thought it was God trying to teach me something. I mean, I'm like, oh, gosh, should I not tire this week? Oh, my goodness, Lord, what are you trying? I mean, every little thing. My theology was so jacked up. But we tend to think that, like, oh God, you're gonna you you punishing me because I didn't do this, or you're teaching me because I don't do that. And yes, the Bible does say that he that he that he disciplines his children. But the way that he disciplines us is differently than the way that we discipline on the earth. It's totally different. But God loves you. He is kind. He is for you, and he wants you to be well. And when you make a mistake. If something happens that ain't God, that's you and the consequences of the decisions that you made. It really is that simple. It's that simple. I mean, if if you plant a a dead plant and you don't water it and you don't ever do anything, you can't expect it to to come out of the ground beautiful. It's going to stay dead. Some things are just common sense. So when we make a decision, especially y'all know, Sometimes we do things that we ain't consulted God, not one iota. And then when something goes wrong, we try to say, God must be teaching me. No, that was your decision. You did something. You didn't ask the Holy Spirit. You didn't wait for the Holy Spirit to speak. And so that was your result. It's not God. God's sitting there waiting for you to receive everything that he's made available. He's already done it. All right. And then the second thing, we have to change our mindset about Christ. What, is that? what do I mean by that? Christ did not just die for our, for our forgiveness of sins and for our eternal salvation. He died for so much more. And when we really wrap our mind around that, then there, there comes a holy conviction, at least for me, that says, I am not going to allow Christ to do what he did for me and not take advantage of it right now here on this earth. I don't know about you, but for me, that does something to me. I'm like, I I, I mean, like the week of Easter, uh, my family, we were watching The Chosen and we were watching uh, the Bible, AD, and just in those moments, my kids were so glued in on the moments where Christ was crucified. But the reality is, what they show on tv is not even half of what it was they said that jesus was unrecognizable on those movies you can still recognize him but he was beaten so bad that he was unrecognizable and this is he was the son of man the son of god he could have took himself down off the cross he had all the power to do it but he did not We stay on there so that we can walk in the salvation, the healing, the deliverance, the wisdom, the sound mind, the mercy, the joy, the peace. He did all that. And so when we think about how we're not living at that level, we're living beneath it, then it's like what Christ did was in vain. So we have to change our mindset. him by living in what he's made available and then understanding that the power of the holy spirit is there to help us that we are not doing this alone we have a teacher who will remind us what the word of god says and who will lead us and guide us so what is what mindset do we need to change that it shouldn't be about me myself and i it's not about me myself and i any longer it's about God, the Holy Spirit in me, leading me, consulting him about every little thing. Every little thing. Because he wants to be involved in every little thing. And when we hear the Rhema word, that's how you hear the Rhema word through the Holy Spirit. It's a word that is for right now for your life. When he speaks and you move, you see, you see manifestation. You see blessing all these gifts that are available to us so it starts with that and then we change our mindset about ourselves ourselves we change the way we speak how are we if we are and and think about praying for a moment and i might have talked about this before but even in the way we pray lord i pray that you will visit us today lord i pray that you will have your way lord i pray that you will bring this to me lord i pray that you will bring that to me You're actually praying, not from faith. You're actually praying like you don't already have it. So changing the way that you pray, God, I thank you that you have supplied my need. I thank you that you are with me, because he's in you, he's with you. I thank you that you have made this way straight for me. I thank you that you're, you know, whatever, you're thanking him, for what he's already done through christ because if jesus says it is finished it's no more asking the scripture where it says ask seek and not that was jesus it was before the cross but now we thank the holy spirit for leading us and guiding us we thank the holy spirit for interceding on our behalf we thank the holy spirit that he is leading us into all truth we thank him because we already have it We thank him for the healing. We thank him for the deliverance. That's praying in faith, walking in faith, and that's receiving. What does it say? For by grace you are saved. We're receiving the sozo through faith. That's how we do that. Now, again, that's a mindset change. Because I don't know about y'all, sometimes I find myself asking God still. And I have to stop. And I have to be like, no, no, no. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you've already made this available to me. Thank you, Jesus, that I already have everything I need, that every provision is met. Thank you, Jesus, that we will go out and heal the sick. And that I'm thanking him. Do I see it all? No. No, I don't see it all. I don't see it all. And do I have to still fight the fight of faith? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. But when you speak, I was telling I think, telling Josiah or Megan, one of my kids, about how watch what you say because there's power in your words. The world was spoken into existence. So we have power and we are in Christ now. And we're seated in heavenly places. So what we say, we speak it and it will come to pass. So if you are speaking the will, and this is the other thing, when you pray, you've got to believe that you already received, right? So we talked about that but also understanding, and this is where this helps in your prayer, pray for the will of God, right? But how do you know the will of God? Well, it's in the word, and this word, sozo, is packed with power, so most of the stuff that you are praying for is already available to you. But if you don't see it come to pass right away, do you stop? No, you don't stop believing, because that ain't faith. You have to continue to believe You have to continue to Persevere that's the fight That's the fight We get so charged up Okay yes yes here I hear you I see it in the word I believe it I am healed I am healed I am, okay and Guess who else hears that The enemy hears it too he can't touch you But what's he gonna do he's going to suggest And your body your body is so Used to being so broken and, and Used to medicine and stuff your body Still gonna act out so what do you do? You persevere. God, I thank you. I, in the name of Jesus body, I command you to behave. God, I thank you for my you stay on it. Stay there because it's in that's your fight. That's your fight. It's the suggestions of the enemy. That ain't working. He ain't healing you. It's not going to come to pass. That's the fight that you have to fight. And how do you do it? It is written that I am healed. It is written that God has given me great gifts. you got to return it back with the word of God. But that is the fight. We ain't fighting people. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not fighting that. It's, It's the enemy suggesting to get you off of what god has told you so we have to change and it starts with our mouth because he knows if i can just get them to speak against what they say then i got it so change how you pray change how you talk when someone asks you how you doing don't just don't give no cliche oh i'm listening, how the favorite that's a cliche okay really mean it because it, it, it really what and I'm not I'm not saying like, okay, if I say like, oh, curse you, let somebody gonna fall over God. No, it's from your heart. When you really speak something from your heart, it will come to pass. So be careful what you speak from your heart. And so if someone asks you how you're doing, you should have already been spending time with God. you should already be filled up with the Word of God. your faith should already be filled. so what comes out is really in your heart. But if you're not doing that and they ask you, don't just say, I'm busted, highly favored in your mind. I'm busted and disgusted. That ain't going to, no. So spend that time working on what you say, how you say it, what you pray. And also, finally, changing the mindset about yourself, how you view yourself. We are seated in heavenly places. We have authority, not in ourselves. And that is key, key, key. It is in Christ. So I am using the authority and the power I have in Christ, not in myself. And even as I start to see things manifest, I can't boast because it's in Christ. I know that I could not do this without Christ. I know that I could not speak to this mountain and command it to move without Christ. So it's all in Christ and stay in that place of humble. What does the Bible say in 1 in, uh, Peter? That God gives grace to the humble. So we have more grace to do what he's called us to do. We walk more in the, in the favor of God and we can command this and we can heal this and we can talk to this. Not in ourselves, but in Christ. So understanding that I have this authority. I have it and even if you don't feel like you have it it's not about your feelings that's why god has been so strategic on this bible study because he's been talking about the flesh versus the spirit the flesh cannot convey the things of the spirit so it's not based off of do i feel like i have authority it doesn't matter how you feel it matters what you believe and by grace ye are saved through faith so all of these things that Christ has made available to me, how do I access them? By having faith in the grace of God, having faith in this grace that he has made available to me. Now, I'm going to see things manifest. And also, I understand that also the enemy's gonna get louder and try to suggest, but you keep standing firm on the word of god you keep believing what christ has made available you keep believing in the finished works of the cross and believing in these gifts i'm going to read them one more time salvation healing deliverance wisdom a sound mind mercy joy peace love favor prosperity health wealth increase provisions knowledge restoration abundance the good news safety wholeness restoration recovery all of that all of that is available to you by the grace of God through faith that's all I wanted to talk about tonight and I think that's so good I don't know about you but for me this is challenging me and like I said I want to honor Christ and what he's done for us it it is it's priceless it was the ultimate sacrifice And we, as women of God and as men of God, we got to start walking in this because it says in Ephesians 2 and 10, that God hath ordained that we should walk in it. So let's walk in it. And guard your mind, guard your heart, stay in the word, and remind yourself what God's word says, okay? That's all I have for tonight. I'm sorry we didn't make it all the way through, but I feel like this is where I need to stop because uh, it's rich, it's rich. So I will, um, I will be posting the study for this, the individual study for Ephesians 2, and we'll kind of do a review of it next week. And I have no idea where the Holy Spirit's gonna lead us, but he's leading us somewhere good. He really is. And if anything, it's just such a great reminder of, on how to live this Christian life, how to really live in the kingdom of God. And I love it. I'm loving okay.